Wood. We point the show where uh, we're off to the horses. I, I am John, your host. With me as always, my co-host, Wombat. Me! How's it going, Wombat? And what's your glowing weak point? Uh, my glowing weak point is, I haven't talked about my baby in a little bit. Um, my, my adorable little adoptive daughter. Uh, she's walking, like, a lot. Oh, congrats. Like, this whole month. And really, like, around the end of December... Like mid December, it started really taking off, but now she just walks like all the time. Occasionally, okay. she'll still crawl, but it's really just like when she wants to get somebody somewhere fast, you know, because she's still a faster yeah. crawler than a walker. But yeah, like she kind of skipped the crawling phase, to be honest. She was crawling okay. for maybe a month or so, and then and now she's walking. Neat. Yeah, she still doesn't really say much besides, like, mama, dada, and it's hard to tell, like, if it's super intentional or not. <laughs> yeah. But. Just babbling. Yeah. Her walking's on point, though. Uh, what about you, John? That's good. Um, I went and uh, did some painting with my mom and um, painted a really pretty picture. Um. And she painted a really, really work in progress. <laughs> is, is that you being kind? That's me being kind. Yeah. Uh, in addition, uh, over the past couple of weeks, we've we've taken some very foolish trips to Barnes and Noble. It's a it's a terrible place. I horrible, love Barnes and Noble. Place. You go in and then you leave without any money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or you go in without any money and you leave without any books, which is even worse. <laughs> that is that does sound kind of kind of sad. <laughs> um, so picked up a whole bunch of classics. Um, uh, what, what kind of classics are we talking about? Frankenstein? <sighs> no, we already have that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the complete no, works we... of Edgar Allan Poe. No, we have that too. Uh, uh, yeah, I also do. <laughs> I've had that since yeah. I was sixteen. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right for us too. Uh, it, um, it's the appropriate age, you know. Everybody gets into <laughs> Poe when they're sixteen. The, the angst. <laughs> yeah. I I really like the meter and and format of the Raven. Uh, it it really is a very well written poem. Yeah. Can um, I be honest? Except for, like, The Raven and maybe two others, I hate all of Poe's poems. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them yeah. all. I really, I love his short stories. Like, like I think that's where Poe oh, yeah, was at his good. best. Yeah. Uh, I also just, I part of the reason I, I like The Raven so much is because it is a short story. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's uh, a like poetic the, the short story, poems. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't like uh, Shakespeare's sonnets. I could never get into the sonnets. I don't get the appeal. I uh, yeah, not a not a fan. But then again, I I I'm not a huge fan of uh, uh, pentameter. <laughs> it's you can keep the iams but but lose the pentameter it's it's too long you want to keep the iambic but not the pentameter no 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 damn I, like pentas too many 
<laughs> uh, I usually go go tetrameter. Um, As somebody who and... had to uh, learn the bare bones of uh, acting Shakespeare in college, um, yeah, p- iambic pentameter can go fuck itself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'll agree with iambic pentameter specifically, but but keep keep the iams. Like the iams are useful. Um, like it's like if it's if it's ten syllables in a line, then you deliver it like neutrally, right? But if there's fewer, yeah. then you have to deliver it um, like slower. That's a it's you have to give it a more weighty uh, delivery. And if there's more than yeah. 10 syllables, then you have to like shout it from the rooftops. You're, you're, it's, it, you're saying it super aggressively and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got some, uh, Emily Dickinson poetry. Ooh. We got some, um, Emily Dickinson's uh, the one who spent like her whole life in one room, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, we got some Isaac Asimov. We got, we got the Foundation Trilogy. Mm, I've had that since I was 16, too. Yeah, I've surprisingly never read it. So I made it until halfway through the third one, and then I got really sick of the mule. Ah. <laughs> you, you'll understand why once you start reading it. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with the mule. You're familiar with the mule, okay? Yeah. The mule was too much for me. I had to I had to stop. <laughs> okay. Um. Damn. What What else? We got a bunch. I got so a decade on on of... that me though, so maybe now I could get through the mule and see it to the end. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's been enough time. You've grown as a human. Plus, I'd get to read the first book again, which is really fantastic. um i'm trying to remember who it is that wrote um treasure island oh Uh, robert louis stevenson we got a collection of his works i didn't know he wrote Um, more than that oh yeah uh he did uh dr jekyll and mr hyde oh really that's the same guy yeah wow i'm pretty sure i didn't know that yeah, the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Um, yeah, I mean, he did some poems and, and wrote some other books. Some of these older authors, like I know one work by them, and then you say that they did other stuff, and I'm like, oh, huh. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, like Ernest Hemingway has that one about the guy lost at sea, right? And like. Yeah, I don't know anything else by Ernest Hemingway. I know that one. <laughs> uh, I know he wrote like five billion other books. Sea. I only know the one about the guy lost at sea. <laughs> For whom the bell tolls. See, that's just a Metallica song to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, but we got like six or seven other books as well. Okay. So y'all y'all got a haul. We did. Nice. All right. Well, uh, let's get to the news. You want to get to it? What do you want to start with? Oh man. Um let's start with Ubisoft. 
uh, Ubisoft made the, a really fun <laughs> comment about how they would love it if they owned your shit forever and you liked it. You know? Yeah. So, uh, ha- have you gotten <clears throat> the chance to read the uh, comment they made? I I have read some things around it. It sounded like basically they said we're we're going to just make sure that you never own a game ever again. It's it's just we 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 don't want you to do that anymore. Right. And we're going to make you happy with it too. Yeah, so I, I I this Kotaku article has the uh the entire thing here so i'm going to i'm going to read the one paragraph that's like super important right so yeah. this is uh what's his fucking face tremblay over at ubisoft philippe tremblay the publisher's U- ubisoft's director of subscriptions one of the things we saw is that gamers are used to a little bit like dvd having and owning their games that's the consumer shift that needs to happen They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. That's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games. As gamers grow comfortable in that aspect, you don't lose your progress. I don't know what that means. If you resume your game at another time, your progress file is still there. That's not been deleted. You don't lose what you've built in the game or your engagement with the game. So it's about feeling comfortable with not owning your game. Like, yeah. like, I don't understand what he means by you don't lose your progress, because, like, I don't lose progress in my PS2 games, you know? I have a fucking memory card that has saves yeah. from when I was 14. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and to his point about, like, getting comfortable not owning a CD collection or DVD collection, some people aren't. But, like... Uh-huh. I'm not. I, I have a big CD tower in, in the garage with a whole bunch of CDs on it. I still add to it I, fairly regularly. I still have my CD Bible. Like... I, yeah, I have a DVD collection and a DVD Bible because Cadence was really like, you have to cut down on the number of DVD cases you're eating up the bookcases with. But but like, And I still add to my DVD, DVD collection sometimes because... I know that if I give into this this feeling of like, oh, it's fine. There's always a streaming service that has, you know, knives out. One day there might not be. Yeah. You know? Likely. Yeah. But if I have a DVD of knives out, then I can watch it anytime I want to. Yep. And and that's why like and this goes into my next point, which is, like, I, I still do usually buy uh, physical games, right, for, like, the PS5. the mm-hmm. uh, But there is a point where it is, like, even buying the physical version, you're not owning a game, right? No. You're, you're, uh, you own this disc, but that doesn't mean you own the game anymore, which is, like... Where I think the conversation should be directed at here. Like, obviously, Ubisoft sucks, and this opinion of theirs sucks. But it's the opinion of the gaming, like, like industry as a whole. 
that that you yes. shouldn't own your game anymore. Um, <clears throat> every every game comes with like fucking two levels on the fucking disc, and then a day one update and patch loads in the rest of the fucking game. And if the internet ever fucking disappears, then you don't have access to the game anymore. Or if they just decide to take those updates off their servers or whatever, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. frustrating. It's it's not permanent. Yeah. The uh, the age of the age our parents told us, where if you put it on the internet, it stays there forever. Is uh, it's it's gone. Like it's true to a certain extent. Everything you ever do will be available for people forever if you allow it on the internet, right? But no, but our no, no, it's it's our access to it that disappears. You know, it's it's not like when fucking Warner Brothers went through and took all of the fucking cartoons off of their the HBO service and they canceled the pretty much complete Batgirl movie. Right. Like. That stuff still exists somewhere. They did not burn it. But our access to it is non-existent. Uh, However, uh, I'd say about 90% of forums at this point are just gone. I'm not saying that they're on a disconnected hard drive somewhere. They are gone. Uh, A lot of data gets purged. Uh, it used to be that, uh, <laughs> even like Google, Google used to be wonderful in that I could look something up and then five years later I could go in my history, search for that, and be able to find it in my history. Now it doesn't keep more than three months wow, at a really? time. And, and the rest of it is gone. Huh. Because it's not even valuable to Google now. It's it's not even worth them like holding on to to sell to people because that's out of date to them. Right. So the a a great deal of information on the internet does not exist. You, things that go on the internet are not permanent. That's true. Like, they're not even close to permanent. Yeah, there's a lot of... The, the, like, the only... Keep going. The only things that are really, I'd say, permanent on the internet is um, really, really, really public fuck-ups. <laughs> like, if you really stick your foot in your mouth and you're at all of note... That will follow you for the rest of your life. That will always have a place on the internet because there will be someone who keeps that alive. Right. I but guess that's true. Of that, no. Yeah, because there's even like entire like news websites that have gone down, and like uh, entire histories of magazines are completely wiped because it, it's gone now, and there's no yeah. way to like like find it at all. Unless, like, there... it happened to be archived by, like, the Wayback Machine or something. Yeah. If I really wanted to, I could wipe my uh, my previous um, 
endeavors off the face of the planet. Like, Gentleman's Gank could just purely cease to exist. That's true. I I could I could delete it from Facebook. I could delete it from YouTube. And it's already gone from Twitch. <laughs> so in just three steps, it could be completely gone with no space whatsoever. No no remnant nothing. Only living on in the memories of those few who who ever witnessed it. Yeah. Hundreds. Hundreds of them. <laughs> so I think mul- multiple thousands. Oh, wow. But yeah, the point is um, don't don't fall for Ubisoft's bullshit and also push harder in the now to be like, I want to own my game because it shouldn't be like I buy a game and without an internet connection, I don't have the game. But like yeah. it, it should really be a regulation at this point, like a like a government regulation that if you're selling a disc of a, of a game, it has to have the game on it. Right. Mm hmm. And if it doesn't, then then you have to print another disc. You have to sell people your whole game. I think, I, like, I really think not doing that is going to lead to collapse at a certain point. It's possible. But we can move on to the next one. What What would you like to talk about? And a surprise to nobody, Vince McMahon is under investigation for maybe being the scum of the earth. Uh, we always knew he was, but what is he getting uh, investigated? This is, this is federal investigation, oh. by the way, um, for uh, sex trafficking allegations. Yeah, I opened the article and was caught off yeah, guard yeah. by that. This <laughs> a, a, a number of women... Damn. Yeah. Uh, like, how far into the investigation are they? Um, I don't know. It was it was filed last week. Um, and he has received a grand jury subpoena. So, relatively far. Oh, wow. He really went all out in his denial of this woman's claim. Uh, So the woman is a former employee, Janelle Grant, who accused him of inflicting psychological torture and physical violence while making depraved sexual demands in exchange for continued employment. And he says... I stand by my prior statement that Miss Grant's lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene made-up instances that never occurred, and is a vindictive distortion of the truth. Like, yeah. like he's really, he really threw all of the punches there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Won't last long. <laughs> so, he better hope that she really has no evidence, because... That's going to make him look even worse if she does. And that's that's just the lady that got him fired. Right? He he I guess he resigned, resigned. after that one. Uh, I'm sure but it was the board there's... came to him and said either you resign or we fire you. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, it, there's several women who are part of this investigation. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Who? I mean, McMahon has been a lifelong piece of shit. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well-known scum. Yes. Uh, uh, close friend of Donald Trump's. Yeah. Uh, I think his wife right. was made secretary of some bullshit during Trump's uh, presidency. I'm sure he was best friends with Epstein, so. Right. Maybe that'll tie Open into Open AI. Says it can't operate without robbing creators and ignoring copyright law. As though that's acceptable. I do appreciate what you said back when you first said this to me. Which is, uh, you, you say that you can't operate without uh, breaking copyright law? Sounds like you don't have a viable business then, so why? <laughs> right. It, that really is all there is to it, right? Like, it, if your thing needs copyrighted content in order to learn and grow and be a better product, then you either have to ha find a way to pay for all of that copyrighted work, or you have to shut down because yeah. you don't have a business. Yeah. Like, like that's really all there is to it. And they could take this to the courts and potentially maybe deal damage to the copyright system, except 100% that's not going to happen. One, one million percent. OpenAI does not have the money it would take to influence the courts no. in that way. You know what you no, need to influence the courts on copyright? Disney money. Disney, Disney money. money. <laughs> and... Like, this touches on Disney's shit. Disney owns news websites, which is what was, like, in particular uh, in dispute here. Like, it was the New York Times suing them. But, like, Disney owns ABC News, right? Yep. Like, they are, <laughs> they are directly impacted by whatever the fuck OpenAI is doing, and they will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah and it's it's really indicative of just like how ai is such a another fucking fad that nobody's thought through right you know like last year it was the metaverse in the year before that it was the fucking nfts and before that it was cryptocurrency and none of these fucking hold water they're not nope. viable business models. And this one, no. especially with the large language models, even less so. Because you do have to train them on copyrighted work. That's the only way you could do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, uh, otherwise, they're, they're only reading fucking books made by fucking Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's its own issue of like our copyright law should be cut uh, in thirds and throw two of them away. Um, 
But nevertheless, uh, it shouldn't be stealing copyrighted things. Right. Like, I have a ton of issues with how copyright works. I don't like that Disney has made it stretch to almost a century that people get to own things. That's absurd. A century? It's 93 years. That's why uh, Steamboat Willie came out of uh, copyright. Even though it was... uh, Life of the Author plus an additional 70. I see. I, I read somewhere it was 93, but Life of the Author plus 70, I guess that makes sense. For, for works before 1978, um, it's 95 years from publication. Okay, so there we go. That's why, that's why Steamboat Willie came came out of the uh, public domain recently. Or came into the public domain. <clears throat> but, like, like it is an absurd amount of time. And we've seen, like, also, like, Nintendo fucking sue somebody into complete oblivion over copyright, where he's now basically, like, an indentured servant to them, even after serving prison time, right? Like, copyright is out of hand. But copyright yeah. does still need to exist in some form to pre- protect creators and artists. Yes. And so as as long as I understand that this AI large language model shit can go fuck itself because I mean also they would want the most recent shit anyway. You don't want to be training your stuff even on fucking 40-year-old material, right? Like, no. That's not going to be re- relevant to the per- common person today. Yeah. So, I don't know. Find a way to pay people, which you can't do, or fuck off, which you should do. <laughs> um. Let's see here. Oh, 93% of interviewed studios are working on live service games. Surely this is a healthy industry. Um, so this was a game industry survey that studied 537 uh, development studios around the world and asked them <clears throat> like what they're working on, right? And mm-hmm. 500 500 of them said that they are developing or maintaining a live service game. And live service games are like John's favorite game, Destiny. Uh, uh-huh, that definitely, uh, totally. <laughs> that Avengers game that got uh, can't, or ended a, a while back. Uh, fucking Babylon's Fall, which had all of one person playing it at a certain point before they ended it. Uh, GTA Online. GTA Online, one of the few like like surviving exemplars of this, right? Like it's been around for over a decade. Um, ooh, Anthem. Remember Anthem? How Anthem was going to be the new Destiny? That didn't what work what, out. What game? A- Anthem. <laughs> huh? Um, and the I don't the, remember that one. <laughs> the newest big one to come out was a uh, Suicide Squad. Which apparently wasn't as bad as people were thinking it, would, it was going to be. But 
like everything I see about the game industry makes me think we're headed towards a crash. Oh, absolutely we are. But like there is no way that 500 studios should ever be working on a live service game. Because these, um, <laughs> each one of these Destiny games is 2. a gamble, right? Yes. <laughs> what are you going to say about Destiny 2? Um, so, Destiny 2 is one of the most popular uh, live service games. Yes. Um, and... It's like them and Fortnite. Yeah. And it dropped by like 70 percent jesus uh of its population uh since the release of uh, as of november since the release of the uh the the last major uh content uh it dropped lost over 100,000 monthly players that's bad yeah. That's not good. Yeah. No. That's them dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is which is why Sony's stepped in and been like, you know, we said that you we would like let you do whatever the fuck you wanted to. Um Bungie. We're just gonna tell you now if he goes further, we're gonna take that back. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to step in and uh, deal with things, and they, uh, man, they did like major layoffs within Bungie, just trying to make ends meet. Oh, great! Love that. Something you should be doing. We'll deal with that soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I recognize the fact that this this is a thing that uh, even the the thing you've got in here for later. Uh, you're you're right in that there's a lot of writing on the wall. Um, game developers already see this. the The amount of investment into game development is at an all time low. It's it's very low. Investors are pulling out because they also see the writing on the wall. They see that there's been a stagnation of some in in games. And there's not a whole lot of great news a lot of times about these things. Right. Um, and I mean, that's so, their fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's impossible to ignore that the reason they're stagnating now is because there was a huge boom in, like, 2020 when everybody was, quote unquote, staying home because of COVID, yeah. right? But, like... Man, wish I could have done that. Right, uh, same. Um, <laughs> but like they they saw that games were being bought more often because there were more people at home who had time to play games, and so they invested heavily into games. But then you know yeah. the pandemic ended, and these same people demanded work from home to end, and for everybody to go back to the office. And so now nobody has fucking time to play games anymore again. Mm-hmm. So, Thanks, so, Biden. So, of course, we're going to reach the point where, where like, all of you, this money you've invested doesn't 
amount to anything because people don't have time for 500 live service games. They don't. That's not a thing anybody has time for. Like the fucking market as it is can sustain three, maybe four or five live service games in like active at any one time. Right. And, And all the others are going to fucking fail. There's, there's no hope for most of these games. I'd say there's there's a little bit more. I'd give a little bit more leeway to that. I would say there's room for two or three per genre. Sure, of, but oh, they only of... make the one genre. <laughs> That's the other problem, right? Is that every game is exactly the fucking same. <laughs> there is a good bit of that, yeah. They make either there's, fucking there's a... looter shooters or they make giant open world RPGs. Well, no, there's the uh, there's the Apex slash. Oh, sure. They make battle uh, royales also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't forget battle royales. But the battle royales are usually free, and then they like load you up on microtransactions, right? Like you can play Fortnite without paying anything. Yeah. <clears throat> you can't play Suicide Squad without paying upfront, and then also paying for the the microtransactions and the battle passes yeah. and the season passes <laughs> and the <Yeah>. DLC costumes. <laughs> like like it's unsustainable. It, it's <laughs> nobody has that kind of money. Absolutely zero people have that kind of time. It, it's yeah. it's just impossible. And it's a fucking grave of their own digging. Pretty much, yeah. It upsets me so much. Because <laughs> it, it really... I, I am a huge fan of these, like, big games that they can make, right? Like, I fucking ate up Tears of the Kingdom just like fucking everybody else last year. Fucking Octopath Traveler. Like, give it to me. I love the fucking AAA games when they're done correctly. But, like, all they want to make now... Is Octopath really a AAA game? It is. I feel like it's it's a AA game made by a AAA developer. That that could be... No, because it it was still, like, fucking $60 at release. Like... Uh, yeah, I, I, but all games are six. Outside of indie games, all games are $60. Right, but I define AA as, like... It's supposed to be a mid-tier game. It comes at a cheaper price, maybe from a lesser studio, but also it could come from, like, Square Enix or whatever, right? Like, like, um, in the PS2 era, games were still releasing at $60, right? But, um, the remake of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories was released at $40. I know, because I bought it on release. That was a double-A game. You know, they weren't expecting a whole bunch of people to buy it. It was really just for those people who wanted to play Kingdom Hearts, like, like more of the story, but didn't own a Game Boy. Right? Like, like, yeah, but 70 is the new 60. <laughs> so. Right, but it was 40. <laughs> so, so today it'd yeah, be 50. That was, that, was, that was back then. Right, so it'd See, be 50 today. $60 games could be double A games. <laughs> $70 games are definitely AAA games. Most most Nintendo Switch games are still $60. I'll yeah, say. Well, 
And I bought Actually, it on Switch. I would disagree. I would, but I would, I would do that with the caveat of uh, most good Nintendo games. <laughs> There's a whole lot of four and five dollar games on there Listen, that don't need to be on. There. I have a whole thing about. <laughs> uh, anything else on this one before our blood boils too much? No, nah, that's fine. Okay. Open AI. Oh no, we did that. We one did already. that one already. Atlas. Atlas claims the incomplete version of Persona Three that recently released won't get a golden or royal re- release, despite all historical evidence pointing to the con- contrary. So in the past, we've gotten Persona Five re-release, or no, just the Persona Five release, and then they did more per- stuff. Persona Five Royal. And then it, yeah. Yeah, and then they re-released Persona Four Golden, but it on didn't the Vita. have all of the uh, it it didn't have all of the stuff in it, so they re-released it with a additional one like three years later. Uh huh. Which was also still called Golden. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and Persona Three Atlas. <laughs> Persona Three itself has Persona Three. Then it has Persona 3 Fez, which has an epilogue, a playable epilogue called The Answer attached to it. And then there was Persona 3 Portable, which had a female main character uh, that you could choose. And Persona 3 Reloaded, the remake that recently came out, includes neither The Answer nor the playable female main character. Um, So that's why I call it an incomplete version. Like, they thought that stuff was worth releasing previously, so that it should still be included in this supposedly definitive edition of the game, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that that stuff should be there, but it's not. Uh-huh. And and like I said, if we look back as far as Persona Three, every Persona game has had these fucking new additions come out to three, four years later, right? Like, like, it always happens. So they can say that it won't happen, but one million percent, they are going to put out a Persona 3 Reloaded Revolution in, in fucking three yes. years, right? Yes. Like, that's going Absolutely. to happen. <laughs> yeah. And There's nobody no should be won't. fooled by it. The only way that doesn't happen is if everyone knows that and doesn't buy this. Right. <laughs> and this just utterly bombs. That's the only way that won't happen. Which it's not going to do because it released day one on Game Pass, so a bunch of people were able to play it without having to fork over the fucking $70 they were asking for on release. Yeah, which is the only way you should play this game. Yeah. Until three years from now. <laughs> Until three years from now, when Persona 3 Reloaded Revolution releases. <laughs> yeah, there's no way it doesn't get a, uh, <laughs> uh, a bonus version. Yeah. Yeah. Do not believe Atlas when it says this about Persona in specific. <laughs> yeah. Any Insane. other game, it's fine. Like like regular Shin Megami, Shin Megami Tensei games don't get this treatment. Uh, other fucking shit they do doesn't get this treatment. Like the, the one-off games that they'll release every now and then. You know? Which are always really good. I like Atlas. Uh, like, I, I love Atlas games. 
But the shit they do with the Persona series is absurd. <laughs> and they're lying to your face when they say this. I think I have only ever played one, one? Atlas game. Oh. Snowboard Kids. No. Oh. No, I'm I'm scrolling through their their Stella Glow games. No, you're there's there's no way that you're going to guess this. <laughs> uh, there's one that's like Poison Ivy or something. No. <laughs> no, I I I played Quirk. Quirk for the Game Boy. Quirk, known in Japan as Puzzle Boy. <laughs> It's a 1989 game. Yeah, I was never going um, to get that. <laughs> no, you, you weren't. No. Nope. Uh, gen- genuinely incredibly fun game. Like a really good, simple puzzle game. Very addicting. Really enjoy- Like one of the best Game Boy games uh, for, for like just blowing time. Right. I mean, Atlas um, has always made like A plus games. But like their but, but whole that's it. history, that's the thing I played. <laughs> their whole history is A plus games, with the occasional like obtuse bullshit, like that Poison Ivy or whatever game for the PS2 that was like dumb hard, stupidly hard. Fuck that game. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, we'll save that stuff for the end. Sony requires Bloodborne Cart developer to rebrand game days before release, despite previously allowing Bloodborne Demake from same developer. So Yeah, this one this one was very confusing. I, I went into it with an open mind, expecting that like a lot of demakes and, and stuff like this require you to have the models from the the game itself. Like, uh, I think the uh, N64 demake of Portal that recently got um, taken down um, because of someone else. It was it was somebody somebody else had a problem with it. I, I think it was Nintendo had a problem with it being like the N64 stuff. So they steam took it down annoying uh, there, there was there's a weirdness with that but you had to have a copy of portal in order to play it because it used the um used all the models and everything it just down them right to do it and and a lot of a lot of d makes do that so i expected that it was a situation like that where you can't play this game without buying the game from the developer as far and as I'm aware, it's you, not. No, no, it's it's just an itch.io game you can download. Yeah, it's just a Bloodborne made in uh, looking like PS1. And it's like the entirety yeah. of Bloodborne. Yeah. Which is I, I do think <laughs> is I do up. think they're going after um the, the those types of games right now. Because there was also recently a Lego Dark Souls game um, that the the indie developer of got taken down. Which is super sad because that was a really good game. It, it was Dark Souls, but 
as a Lego game, like a Lego Star Wars style game. Right. And they they did the cutscenes. Oh, that's as great. well. Like they did fully animated cutscenes, but they did them Lego style. Right. So so it was the slapsticky people getting punched in, across rooms and falling over yeah. comically. Yeah, like like one of the like for there's the the two boss uh boss that they had and like one boss was just there and then the other one like dropped down from the ceiling on their face and then got back up. <laughs> Fantastic game, but Sony got them, you know, had to shut them down. I see. So I, I think they're going after it right now. But it, it, it is weird that this developer has produced a Bloodborne game. And and I don't mean that, like, oh, it's Blood, it, it's a Souls like or something. It is straight up the game Bloodborne. In lower resolution. It's called Bloodborne Demake. Like, like. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it is. They they created the game Bloodborne if it was for the PlayStation 1. Right. And that's been up since and, 2022. Yeah. And then they're making a also PlayStation 1 style Bloodborne cart. Like Mario Kart style. Kart but, racer. But yeah. The game Bloodborne. Yeah. <laughs> But that didn't work. Weird. And, and it's not only that it didn't work, but she has been like publicly um, making both of these games for years, right? Like yeah. you can go to her Twitter and fucking every day she's posting the new thing she's working on in Bloodborne Cart, and. This was literally days from release. Like, there's no way Sony didn't know about it. <clears throat> and yeah, suddenly they're contacting her, telling her she has to fucking uh, reskin it. Like, she's not allowed to label it Bloodborne, even though she has that other game called Bloodborne Demake. <laughs> Yeah. That they also surely know about. There is zero way they don't know about it. Yeah. And I'm guessing the only reason they don't say anything about that one now is because it's too late. You know? Uh-huh. Like, you do, with copyright stuff, you do have to be timely about it. You can't come back two years later saying, like, oh, no, we don't think it's okay for you to use our branding for this thing, right? Yeah. Like, that's not going to hold up. There's there's some arguments that can be made for, we just discovered this, but there's... There's really not. That. <laughs> there, there's, in this instance, there's really not, because it's literally titled Bloodborne demake and <laughs> yeah the, the, if they just googled their own game then they would find this thing right <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i don't know it, it's weird to come after it now and fucked up that it was so close to release but like that causes her a whole bunch of extra work Delays oh, it, loads of it. Like, like by a, a long time, you know. Yeah, but <sighs> weird. I don't know. Sony's weird. 
Sony sucks. I didn't I didn't read this one. What's what's going on here? Okay. So uh social media right now is blowing up with rumors that the that, that Xbox is going to uh like maybe not focus so much on consoles anymore because one of the one of the defining qualities of the uh the console wars as it were right is the idea that yeah. some games are exclusive to Xbox and some games are exclusive to PlayStation and some games are exclusive to Nintendo right like that's the reason to buy other consoles yeah you know if you're a, <clears throat> if you're a big Halo person then you buy an Xbox right but if you like yeah. to play JRPGs, then you also buy a PlayStation. That's how it goes. If you want to play both, you have to buy these different consoles. But yeah, in in the wake of them buying Bethesda, uh, all of these Bethesda games that were supposed to be like like Xbox exclusive are now. Xbox is saying they could come to the PS5. Like, they're going to take them over to the PS5. Specifically, um, Starfield, that uh, mediocre RPG game that came out early, uh, last year. Yeah, and the, the one that you either love or hate. Or don't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah. um, and the upcoming Indiana Jones game. But, like, that one's not even out yet, and they're talking about taking it over to the PS5. So, a lot of people are like, well, then, what's what's the point of an Xbox, right? Because we already knew that, like, a lot of the Activision Blizzard stuff was not going to be exclusive to Xbox for a while, right? Like, the Call of Duties were going to be on both consoles for yeah. at least the next couple of entries. Um so, so what's the deal? Yeah. Um, I mean, we have always known that developers do not make money based off of consoles. Not for several years, at based least. Based off of, yeah, not for a long time after. They make money off of selling games. Yes. So the the nice thing about having the the consoles is that people had to pay to release their games on your console. Um but at the end of the day if Xbox release didn't release their games to Sony, they're not necessarily going to drive many more console sales which to continue, they don't give a shit about as much it's it's not their money maker and they would lose out on 58% or whatever the uh the rundown is of the uh the gamer population you 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 sell to you you sell where the players are right and for the last two generations, that's been PlayStation, Sony, yeah, PlayStation. So, like, it was really only Xbox during the 360 era, right? 
Like, yeah. that was that was Xbox's time to shine. And they've just kind of been clinging on to life since then with the, the Xbox One and then the Xbox Series, you know? Like, yeah. nobody's really cared about them that much since the 360. And it really was just people who played Halo who kept buying their consoles. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and it's also nice to have a console. Like, we have a con uh, an Xbox console now. Uh, Mitchell bought it for Christmas. But it's really just for Game Pass. But, like, it's yeah. to be able to play Game Pass on the TV, right? That uh-huh. That's the reason we have an Xbox console. Yeah. And genuinely if they could if they just put game pass on the ps5 there would be zero reason to have an xbox yeah or just have a uh controller connect basically like an amazon fire thing amazon amazon fire tv or whatever like a a smart app thing on your tv or chrome tv well, a little little gadget because you you have to have something to connect your controllers to. I mean, um, not these days. <laughs> well, like it can right, just well, it can just Bluetooth connect to the TV. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 never had a TV that could do that. But so so yes, they would need to do it because there are still people that don't have hundreds of dollars to spend on a TV. Um, so you, you'd need a little, a little dongle or something you can hook your, uh, your controllers up to. And, right. And so it'd be like my little Roku dongle that I have attached to my yeah. TV and it would just have a USB port and then that's it. Yes. Yeah. But like, um, maybe that's the future of Xbox, right? Like it's just game pass on a little dongle. So there, there was one thing on Metroco UK, our favorite place to get our bad opinion pieces. Right, but there was uh, nothing that, really juicy that, this this time. That that ties into this. Um, there, there was a, uh, a an an armchair C suite. Um, oh yeah, we love those. The people who know uh-huh. the the games industry better than the people who work in it. Yeah. So, uh, they, they, quote, have spent some time pondering what Microsoft may be doing, um, and thinking about what they would do in their position. Oh, great. Biggest publisher in the West, but with a console that sells well to a market of 330 million, but less successfully globally. They think the answer is really straightforward. They're going to switch the Xbox to being a TV and movie streaming uh, device. That's called a Roku. That, that that's right. It's it's gonna be no 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 no. They they don't they don't want to go with just the the uh, conglomerator of like like they they gather all the sources together. No no no. They think Xbox is the new Netflix. That's stupid. I, I mean, Microsoft's got all that money, and they there's they're there's making movies, right, or TV shows like the 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 Halo show, and that's it, right? And that's it. I haven't heard of any <laughs> movies or TV shows 
affiliated and, with Xbox besides the Halo thing. And that the Halo show sucked. It was critically panned, and I don't know any fans that watched it. <laughs> and also, apparently this viewer hasn't been paying attention to the news for the last six months, you know, with the whole strikes and all of the information coming out about how little money and how deep in debt Netflix and all of the others are for streaming services. Right, because now the market is too diffuse and nobody's making any money because there's 50 billion different streaming services. Yeah, it's uh, streaming services are the new live service games. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's too many of them and uh, they don't make money. Like, Prime justifies its existence mostly because it also gives you free shipping from Amazon, right? Yeah, (laughs) nobody gets Amazon Prime for the movies. No. Nobody. It's nice to have it. (laughs) Nobody gets it for the music. Nobody gets, like... I do not use Amazon Music at all. I keep getting emails being like, hey, you have an unused service for your Prime account. And I'm like, yeah... It's going to stay unused because Spotify exists. It's going to be unused. Congrats. (laughs) You figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, there there are a lot of of benefits to that that nobody uses. Because the main one, the reason why you get Amazon Prime is so that when you buy a thing – it shows up tomorrow or the next day. And I didn't pay $5 for it to be shipped. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do that, like, like 12 times a year, it's paid for itself. Yeah. <laughs> if you buy more than three things in a single order, yeah. it's already paid for itself. Yeah. <laughs> But no, no, nobody's there is there is no room for Xbox to, come to become in. a TV or or whatever streaming service. Right. It's insane. The, like, that's why my mind immediately went to this like congregator. Right. Yeah. Like, like Roku, which would make more sense. But also nobody needs because, again, I mean, there's I, Roku. It, it already is. <laughs> it, it straight up already is. Yeah. Like, you couldn't... I mean, that's what they've before. been, really, since the Xbox 360 and PS3 era, right? Absolutely, yeah. I, but before I had a Roku, we had our Xbox hooked up and we used it to watch Netflix. Right. The, that's what we did. That's what used to be used in instead of uh-huh. Roku. But then Roku came around, and now yeah. you don't need them for that. <laughs> and, and then... Beyond that, once once all of the poor people like me get out of the way and the, everyone has a smart TV, it's not even going to be Roku. It's just going to be you turn on your TV and you go to the Netflix app. Right. I mean, that's already that's already it with a lot of TVs, you know. They're just smart yeah, TVs. Yeah, we're, I'm just, just too poor yeah. for, for smart TVs. Uh, but going back to the original article, and specifically the the conversation around it, a lot of people see it as, as um, like, you know when Sega released the Dreamcast and, like, 
Sega. Nobody played the Dreamcast or bought the Dreamcast because you could just pirate all of the Dreamcast's games very easily. Um, and then Sega stopped making consoles and they just became like a publisher. And they're a big publisher, you know? Sega publishes a lot of shit. Uh, yeah. People are thinking Xbox is going that way. I mean, yeah. Which I could see happening. I could also see them continuing with this uh, this console business. Because even though they aren't the console of the generation for the last two generations and the one before the one before, you know... Yeah. Like, they are, they do still make money off of having consoles. Yeah. But, like, it's part of one of our other articles that their gaming division fucking makes up, what what was the number? 63%? Uh, Microsoft's gaming revenue was up 49% in the final three months of 2023. Like, they make money. Yeah. It's not a loss for the company. Right. (laughs) But it's also, like, sometimes we forget when talking about it, but it's Microsoft Xbox, right? You know? Yeah. Like, Like, it's a Sony PlayStation. It's a Microsoft Xbox. And... Where Sony kind of does need its gaming division to, like, be one of the biggest companies in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Microsoft doesn't. No. Microsoft is on every computer. <laughs> For the most part, yeah. Because <laughs> nobody uses Macs. Let, let's let's not no. pretend Mac well, is a really I'll, sizable I'll... portion of the, the computer space. <laughs> like, the majority of computers come default with Microsoft. Which is where they make their money. Let's see. Looking at market share... Market share for June of 2023 was functionally, I'm, I'm just rounding here, uh-huh. 70% Windows, 20% Mac. That's about where I expected it. <laughs> yeah. And then like 10% Linux or whatever. Uh, three, <laughs> 3%... Linux, three percent Chrome OS, and what other three percent others unknown? What the fuck is Chrome OS? So uh, the um, Google has their own operating system. Yeah, now? yeah, the Chrome Chromebooks. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, Th- that's just Chromebooks. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, so so majority computers sold come with Microsoft on them, you know, mm-hmm. which is where, like, that's not going to change anytime soon, even though it really should. There should be more competitors, but Microsoft has crushed them all. Um, 
So, uh, like, Microsoft really doesn't need Xbox, and especially doesn't need Xbox consoles, if they're going to continue to not be the leaders of the generation, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I could see them going that way. I could also see them not, and continuing to make consoles, just because it's also not a loss for them. Yeah. And even if it was, it wouldn't be significant enough to impact Microsoft at large, right? I'd be interested to see what the fallout would be for game developers, because at least here in the West, games are designed for the Xbox controller. And personally... I prefer the Xbox controller. Really? It's a really, really good controller. I have never liked the uh, PlayStation controller. You like the Ever. the analog stick up at the top? Yep. Wow. It is very comfortable. You know? Yeah. I, I grew up a PlayStation kid, so I, I really like having the analog sticks next to each other. Yeah. Nope. Uh, it's like I don't dislike it's a, it's the Xbox natural... controller. It's what I have for my computer, but and and that's the thing is that it's what you have for your computer, right? It's what Steam uses. It's it's what most developers make for for computer games. What happens if the Xbox goes away and? There's, like, do they... I mean, presumably they start just making their controllers, like, third party for computers, right? I mean, their their controllers already work for computers. Right, but I mean, like, exclusively. You can can Bluetooth your your controller in. Yeah. And, like, you don't have to have anything extra. No, I know, I have a Bluetooth, that's my controller, it's a Bluetooth controller. Yeah. There's no cord or anything. Yeah, no dongle needed. Yeah. It just works. I press the button, and it's on, and now I play my game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it would just be interesting to see if it, if it would phase out over time or not. I mean, I, I think the biggest implication would be in, like, competition, right? Like, if Xbox drops out, then Sony doesn't really have competition anymore. Because yeah. Nintendo does its own thing. It's a toy company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, in the very specific video game space, like, focusing on video games as games instead of toys like Nintendo does, there would be nobody else if Xbox dropped out. Yeah. Um, which... <clears throat> would lead to a monopoly and also like my mind immediately goes to like dev kits how expensive for would dev kits for fucking playstation become you know if they didn't have to compete with xbox at that point would anyone buy them i mean if you wanted to be on console you would have to right yeah but if that's if that's just going away, then <laughs> then that's going away. 
All right, that's enough of that yeah, talk. I don't know. Let's move on to game facts. Hold on, we didn't talk about Microsoft about... laying off two thousand people. Whatever. <laughs> every industry, every computing industry has laid off thousands of people in the last six months. In the every last month, it's been them. really bad. Like every single one of them yes. has laid off more people. Just yes, last month, it's, it's been a lot. Yeah. Was interesting to see that it was mainly from Activision Blizzard, which they just bought, though. It was not surprising at all to me. No, they they've they've already got all those people. They don't they they the vast majority of the people they kicked out were people that they already had that they could just shift the work onto. They already have a system working in the way that they like instead of retraining those people or doing anything like that, just toss them. The only thing that surprised me was the fact that the game wizards for um, uh, dun- uh, uh, Blizzard? World of Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them were were lost. And th- that's... That's surprising to me. Like, they put a Call of Duty person in charge of Blizzard. Yeah. Which was interesting. Um, It seems like uh, we're, what, three months on from the merger? And it seems like they really just bought Activision Blizzard for the properties and not the people. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Which... Will be interesting going forward because the properties were made by the people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Move on. Game facts. Liberator. <laughs> Liberator is an arcade game developed by Dennis Harper. God, that's so close to Dennis Hopper. <laughs> and published by Atari Inc. for arcade games, and much later for Xbox, PC, and PS2. How much later? Uh, like 30 years. 30 years! 30 or 40 years, yeah. (laughs) 30 or 40 years, they they got around to it. (laughs) In Liberator, you play as the new Atari Force. Wow. Recruit chosen specifically by Commander Martin Champion ugh, to pilot his spaceship, the Liberator, and must fly to various planets and destroy the missile bases of the evil Malaglin army <laughs> that has invaded well, the was... galaxy using your own missiles and shields to protect yourself and take them down. It's the uh, Malaglon. Malaglon. There you go. Martin yeah, Champion is such a bad name. <laughs> Your last name Thank can you. be Champion. Fuck you. Yeah, and no, if, absolutely. And if absolutely your last name can. is Champion, then you have to have a cooler first name than Martin. You, you can't be <laughs> Martin Champion. I don't know what name would go... Hmm. What name would go with Champion? Josephus. Josephus Champion. Yes. 
Yes, John. <laughs> Josephus Champion. God, that's a good name. Move on. <laughs> Each level starts out with a flight section. As you approach an enemy sector, their scout ships attempt to ram you and take you out of commission before even reaching their planet. And you may not use your shield in flight. That's stupid. What? <laughs> Why can't you use your shield in flight? That's the main time uh, I want to use my shield. Because it would make it too easy. I don't want to use my shield while I'm sitting in place. That just makes me a target for them to fucking lower my shields with a big attack. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen Star Trek. I know how this works. The main body of each level consists of you looking down at a rotating planet, shooting the missile bases on its surface while shooting down the approaching missiles from them. If you don't destroy them fast enough, the bases can detach and become persistent satellites. And on later later levels, the master bases... can even change the direction and speed of the planet's rotation to avoid getting hit. That's right. I'm a child. They're master bases. I'm fucking 11 years old, dude. Are you a master baser? I'm totally a master baser. Um, this game is, has been described to me as reverse missile defense. Great. I haven't played missile defense either. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Right. I don't know what you were expecting there. <laughs> Do I seem like a person who's played missile defense? Yes. Really? I mean, it's a pretty standard game. Or mm. Missile Command. Missile Command. That's the name of the game. Still. <laughs> Unlike your own missile supply, theirs can be targeted and destroyed, although sometimes they split into smaller cluster missiles at that point. It would be really annoying if your missile supply could be targeted. I, I can totally yeah. understand why that's not a thing. The... I've already forgotten how to pronounce this. Malaglon. The Malaglon are also equipped with fireballs that take four shots to destroy, but slow down each time they're hit, and starballs, which do not slow down. Additionally, occasionally flying saucers appear that shoot unstoppable killer lasers. What? What what do you do about the unstoppable killer laser? You can't stop it and it kills you. You shoot the flying saucer before it shoots you, or you die. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) great. In 1982, Jesus, this is old, select uh, select Atari 2600 cartridges included a series of DC mini-comics titled Atari Force, featuring Martin Champion as mission commander, Lydia Perez as pilot, as pilot and executive officer, Dr. Lucas Orion as medical officer, Mohanda Singh as flight engineer, and Lisan O'Rourke as security officer for the Advanced Technology and Research Institute ship Scanner One. 
This was written by Comics Titans Jerry Conway, who created Miss Marvel, like the original Miss Marvel, Killer yes. Croc, Power Girl, Jason Todd, oh, everybody's favorite fucking Robin, and The Punisher, <laughs> among others, and Roy Thomas, who created Wolverine, Vision, Carol Danvers, wait. Wait, was there a Miss Marvel before Carol Danvers? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. <laughs> Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel. Well, she's Ms. she's Captain Marvel, Marvel now. Is the DC character? What? No. Okay. So there was a Captain Marvel before, right? But that was a dude. And then there was a Miss Marvel who was unrelated, and I thought that was Carol Danvers. And then Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel pretty recently, like in the 2010s. And then they made a new Miss Marvel who was Kamala Khan. So, so I guess... My question is, was there a Miss Marvel before Carol Danvers that Jerry Conway created? No, it looks like the first incarnation of Miss Marvel was Carol Danvers. Okay. So one of these two did not create Miss Marvel. <laughs> so looking at Miss Marvel, uh, it was created by Jerry Conway. Okay. But, looking at Carol Danvers, that was created by Roy Thomas. Huh. Okay, so maybe here's what happened, right? Jerry Conway creates Ms. Marvel as a counterpart to Captain Marvel, but he never goes, like, into her personal life, really. She's just, like, one of those bit characters, which is what she was for a while, right? And then Roy yeah. Thomas comes along and, like, gives... Uh, Miss Marvel, some more personality, actually gives her a name, Carol Danvers, and that's around the time when she becomes like an Avenger and stuff. All right, okay, nope. Uh, Carol Danvers came first. Carol Danvers uh, Carol came Danvers first. Was an officer in the U.S. Air Force and security chief. She meets a Cree. Um, yeah, the Kree she, are her she main meets, bad guys. She, she meets Captain Marvel, who was a Kree. Um, I didn't know he was a Kree. Sh- yeah, he is an he is an alien Kree hero. Um, and then in a later story, she is caught in the explosion of a Kree device after trying to get close to Captain Marvel, and although he saves her life, Danvers sustains serious energies and then in the 70s because that was in the 60s the 70s she resurfaces with superhuman abilities and becomes the hero miss marvel okay all right we've we've sorted it out then jerry conway was writing her in the 60s and roy thomas was writing her in the 70s when she became miss marvel flip it around but yes oh yeah yeah my bad all right uh, so he, Roy Thomas created Wolverine, Vision, Carol Danvers, the original version before Miss Marvel, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Ultron, Morbius, and Nighthawk. 
Nighthawk. Yeah. Is it is Nighthawk? That's that's Robin after he goes. Correct. That's, that's okay. Yeah. That's post Batman Robin. I, I was just making sure that was that was Robin, and I wasn't confusing it with a uh, Nightcrawler. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. <clears throat> this was later repackaged in a special insert titled "Codename Liberator" as a prequel to a full conventional comic series a year later. The name of the ship being retconned to be the Liberator. And the series successfully ran for 20 issues. Oh, right, because the ship was originally called Scanner 1, which is boring. A dumb name. Yeah. This version was set approximately 25 years after the original mission, featuring the children of the prior series, as well as several new alien teammates. These adventures have been referenced several times in DC's main series comics, including 2019's Adventures of the Super Sons with Damian Wayne and John Kent. That's like Superman's son? Yes. Okay. And Batman's son. Not Superboy, like Superman's son. Correct. Okay. Although I think he is a a Superboy. Right, but like when I say Superboy, that's like a clone of Superman. Yeah. He, he is a version of Superboy, but he is the version that is literally his son. His son. Okay. Yes. Uh, Damian Wayne and John Kent encountering a creature from the series, as well as a direct call-out from the 2020 Shazam series, where he mentions helping the Atari Force take down the Game Master in Gamelands. And that was just the facts. Cool. And that was the end of the podcast. Oh no, it's over forever. Yep. John just ended it forever. we We are. We are ending with Atari Force. So. <laughs> you mean Liberator. Our, our adventures will continue in Atari Force <laughs> Season 3. No. <laughs> no, we'll be here next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll be here in another two weeks uh, with some more games that we're playing. Um, Wombat, you're, you're going to play Mindustry. Oh, finally! Right, uh, I'm gonna play it again. Are you telling me I have yeah, to? Aren't you? Yes, I'm telling you, you have to. Okay. Also, I'm going to pick a game for you from the the thing, the backloggery. Okay, I'll also pick one um, for you. Uh, uh, let's see, Gog. What's on Gog? You're going to play... You're going to hate this, probably. Uh, Professor Layton and the Curious Village. You know what? I've been playing my DS recently. I've been playing a lot of my DS recently. I've been playing a lot of games. Um, are you ever going to get back to Ultima 2, or are you going to skip to Ultima 3? I'll get to it at some point. Okay. Um, you are going to play Dragon Sphere on GOG. Dragon Sphere? Dragon Sphere. Okay. What, what's that? Uh, that's on GOG, you said? Yeah. Okay. Let's see what kind of game this is. Oh. Oh. Is it is it a really really old game? Oh, that's an old game. 
This looks like an early King's Quest game. I'm sure it is. <laughs> like straight up, I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> Owned games. Let's see. This Dragons. description of a YouTube video on Google Images says Dragon Sphere is a point and click game that puts you in the shoes of a king. That's about all I got from it. I'm not really into point and clicks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why'd you play it then? <laughs> Alright, well, I've played my fair share of point all oh, ancient point and clicks. Right. I figured you have. Um, let's see, uh, everybody, you can find us, uh, you can contact us at glowingweekpointpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me in specific on Blue Sky if you have it. And if you don't, and you want to be on Blue Sky, you can email that previous email address and I can give you one of the like two codes I have. In case I didn't mention it, um, that we're, we're playing Coromon together. It's yeah, we hadn't mentioned game. that yet. Yeah. Um, oh, and there's a link to a Discord that I would like to make, like, the Discord for this. Because I gave up on streaming again already, because I realized I hate it. That didn't take long. Yeah, I mean, it it never was going to take long. Uh, I keep trying to stream, and every time I try to stream, I realize that I just don't like it. I would rather yeah. play games by myself. Yeah. Where I don't have to talk constantly. Anyways, uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye! Bye! -bye. Bye.